0: hey everybody welcome back to the pendulum show my name is yodin i have my co-host bamba and teva with me and we brought back our very special guest from our previous episode on space exploration mr sean michael Moraes.
1: sean would you like Yay. to say hi to everyone hi everyone I'm not an energy engineer, but for some reason I've been invited to speak here today.
2: Yeah, because we don't have any friends. (laughs) (laughs) So,
1: uh, I guess he has
0: basically spoiled the episode already. So, um, as Sean mentioned, we're going to be talking about energy, the future of energy in Malaysia. That is basically what we're going to be going about today. And yes, we have lack of friends, which is why we just decided to take the closest one that we can find. That's remotely
1: applicable okay, to this topic. Uh, Teva, do
2: you want to like, talk, about what, talk about what we're going to talk about today?
1: Okay, I shall talk about what we're going to talk about today. Um, so we've break, broken down this episode into three parts. Uh, at first, we're going to start about renewable energy in general. So we're going to talk about different types of renewable energy, like solar, wind, and a few others. And then we move on to the Malaysian aspect of uh, renewable energy. So in what context um, would Malaysia be, you know, uh, how we would progress with um, renewable energy. And then the last part, we will talk about um, hydrogen fuel cells, which is something Sean seems to know a lot about. And we're going to also (laughs) touch touch on electric cars. So yeah, take it away.
2: All right so uh, maybe Sean you can go over with us the the different type the major cat- categories of renewable energy which are out there like on the market now which are like actually being used in a large
1: scale oh uh, you mean in malaysia or in general i mean in general yeah. oh okay yeah. so i think the most obvious ones are solar wind and uh, hydroelectric okay uh, so okay so solar Solar energy, I guess they use things like solar farms, they put basically a bunch of uh, solar panels on a huge area of land, and they use the power of the sun to sort of like generate, generate power and then store it somewhere else and then for later use. And uh, wind energy is basically using windmills, again, in either in a large area uh land. I know some some countries kind of put it near the sea, and they sort of take advantage of that. um So like there's higher wind speed in the in yeah yeah in the ocean like the in the seaside. Oh yes, yummy yeah. yeah, I mean, yellow. See, I mean, sea be... breeze and land breeze. Yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah there you go. Got you got <laughs> 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 All right. And then, uh, I think this is the one that's more used in Malaysia, hydroelectric energy. So you just have dams and basically using the potential energy of the water to sort of flow over a... a turbine. A, yeah, a turbine. Uh, yeah. And that generates electricity.
2: Alright. Okay. So, so what would you say? So I, I know that one of the the weaknesses of of many renewable energy sources, right, is availability. So can you touch on that in terms of like solar, wind and, and hydro, as you just mentioned like, uh, How available are these electrical these power sources when we
1: need them? Mm, uh, you mean for the common user?
2: Yeah, uh, for the common user, yeah
1: I believe solar does not have a lot of applicability in Malaysia uh, or in the world in general because first of all, it doesn't generate as much energy as the other power sources and second of all you need a huge area in order to you know get enough energy as the other sources so that's going to create lots of problems uh you know we talk about how when you want to set up a farm you have to sort of like cut off a bunch of trees yeah. and then clear the land yeah deforestation right right for farms so it's exactly the same for a solar farm like you have to clear a huge amount of area and then that kind of begs your question why why would you have a solar farm in the first place if you're gonna, you know... You put the you solar, solar <laughs> yeah. panel <laughs> right. on top of the trees. Look. On top of the trees. That is a fantastic Oh my god, why idea, haven't though. we done that?
2: Yeah, it, it, Teva will be preparing a white paper on this after that. So. <laughs> <laughs> Teva is the actual yeah,
0: expert on this.
2: So like
1: another problem is probably like the fact that
2: you only have solar
1: um, power in daytime, right? Exactly, yeah. So it's like a on, on and off kind of thing and it's the same with wind wind as well you know you can't generate uh energy without the wind blowing through the the windmill right okay
2: but when we come to hydro right so hydro is definitely available um much more than these other two
1: yes definitely uh because it's just controlling it's quite easy concept actually just water flowing over a turbine yeah the turbine spins Creates uh, electricity that's that goes to your, like power lines and shit. Yeah. Oh, was I not so?
0: Sean has broken Can down <laughs> this in twenty seconds. Ow, ow, I'm not <laughs> an energy.
2: Yeah. Okay. So so like I guess that's why hydropower is used a lot, right? Because uh in yeah. uh, in Malaysia especially like we generate a lot of power from yeah. dams like mm. Tasik kanye uh Baku Dam. Yeah. But exactly. uh, Yeah. I I suppose one of the bigger drawbacks is also that just like you mentioned solar farms like dams also destroy the natural environment right like they flood huge areas people have to relocate yeah so Mm. so i i guess it's safe to say that all of these have their benefits and have their drawbacks right Yeah, yeah exactly yeah yeah so in a malaysian context right what are the most promising approaches towards clean energy in malaysia you would say like based on our location based on like the resources that we have
1: Uh, What do you think is uh, most viable here? I think the best solution is always going to be a combination of uh, two or more uh, power generating uh, sources. For example, like solar panels, like you mentioned, solar farms are not very, very good. But instead of putting it in a farm, you can put it on your roofs and just imagine if every roof had that in Malaysia, that would be pretty cool. So I mean, of course, it can't replace like a primary power source, but it could act as an auxiliary power source. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Understood. Understood. <laughs> I have another question. Yeah. Like I Question. Okay. So, um, I've read this one study that said that um, is this Bloomberg um statistics study that it spoke about how um, in by twenty fifty. Um, hydrogen, sorry, hydrogen. Hydro and solar uh, energy would take over to a uh, to about like fifty percent of the world energy um, consumption, mm. and coal would be reduced to about eleven percent. Okay. Um, do you think this is possible? Sorry, so we're talking so about thirty years from now. You said solar and hydro. Solar and hydro taking over okay. to about fifty percent mm. of. Okay, um, world consumption I, I think like a, a good point to touch about here is that like uh, to, to make the solar panels itself you need to mine materials right I think you yeah. need like gallium arsenide or something mm. and these are also finite materials okay so you be, be, sure you might solve the problem with but I think you're gonna end up coming back to not to say square one nah, but you're gonna have the same problem. Mm. Again, it's gonna be like sort of unsustainable in a different kind of way. Okay. Like for example, uh, same case with batteries. Mm. You know, people say we can use electric cars and stuff. Put, uh, use batteries in cars to mm. sort of replace what we have now. Yeah. But in order to manufacture the battery itself, we need to mine lithium, and that's also a finite, with finite um. Uh, yeah. 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 Thing. In okay. Element rate. All right. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, for hydro, to answer your question, for hydro. Uh, mayb- maybe it's possible Okay But I Don't think With we solar We will make That much progress with solar Okay Alright Okay
2: Alright yeah. so, so like uh, I, I think that, that There is a distinction right Between renewable energy And clean energy right Yeah we, Which maybe like I, uh, Is not made so often Like There are certain Energy sources Which are not renewable Yeah Which are much cleaner Than what we have now Mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. for example natural gas uh, we are major producer of natural gas in, in malaysia we, we have mm-hmm. a lot of natural gas uh, and that's much less polluting than coal and petroleum fire power plants which are like the majority of uh, mm-hmm. power plants are powered by these two sources right mm-hmm. and if you if you want to go even further I feel like uh, nuclear mm-hmm. energy is usually like extremely clean you know mm-hmm. barring like a few uh, couple of major incidents like nuclear energy is uh, pollutes very minimally mm. but if you look at like the green movement in general they are not pushing for these sources which may would you say that this may be more viable in the short term especially for a developing country like malaysia right uh, to invest in like next generation technology takes a lot of like capital outlay mm. we have to spend the money to mm. set up the infrastructure mm. like you mentioned with solar power we would need to like set up batteries to make up for the shortfall in in, uh, yeah. in output right at, at night for example where's the electricity going to come from whereas yeah. like if you have these sources which have been tried and tested and we know that they are if not totally clean much cleaner than what we have now do you think that that is a better
1: uh, prospect for us I, at least in the short term I think that uh, there's a lot of stigma on nuclear energy right like very undeserved kind of criticisms of it like the the green new deal I yeah. think it just sort of skimmed over. But is it energy. is it undeserved? <laughs> I think it's undeserved. Okay. My my opinion is, yeah, uh, it's, it's undeserved mm. compared to what we're using now. I think it's much cleaner. Yeah, for the environment. Uh, however, like you said, I think it takes like at least ten years to actually construct a nuclear power plant. Right. Um, and, like, you needs lots of costs to, like, maintain it, to right. prevent mm-hmm. any accidents. Mm-hmm. And then, like, even to decommission it, it, takes, like, 15 years or something like that. Okay. So, it's, yeah. yeah, that, that, I think nuclear is definitely out of the question for Malaysia, at least for the next, for the foreseeable future. La. I see oh. mm. Uh Yodin, do you have anything to add to
0: that? Damn it, I was going for nuclear. <laughs> <laughs> but you, I mean, you brought up some interesting <laughs> points. What about the amount, Mar- do you know, roughly, roughly, Building um, these nuclear facilities, right? How many jobs can you produce?
1: That that's a good point. That's a good point. Honestly,
0: Aha. Uh-huh. that's my point. That okay. <laughs> I mean, like Bamba, Bamba basically, <laughs> you, um, should, you
1: should, be the guest.
0: I am the guest. I am always the guest, actually. And <laughs> anyway, so okay. Bamba actually, Bamba, Bamba sort of said it right. Uh, it's clean it's uh it's clean and it actually produces a lot more energy compared to the actual waste that it actually produces right because uranium is so energy dense so you can even i even read somewhere so in preparation for this episode i watched a fuck ton of ted talk videos <laughs> and other reading material <laughs> as well so apparently if you ha- if you hold enough r- uranium in the size of a rubik's cube that can actually produce the, all the energy that you would need for each individual for the rest of their lives. Really? Yeah. Oh. That is apparently one guy on this TED talk which I watched said So like, he, was a, he was a very insightful man. So I had to take his word on it.
1: <laughs> so, but, <laughs>
0: so no, that I'm just basically saying... Right, right. I'm just basically I've decided all my sources right now. So, uh, speaking of which, uh, so oh my, sorry go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, essentially, right? I mean, there were a lot of two. Uh, there were a lot of back and forth going about uh, clean energy and renewable energy, and um, in my head, I thought realistically Malaysia would not go towards. Nuclear energy, like you said, in the in the foreseeable future, and I think, we're, I mean, we're not even making great strides in advancing um renewable energy. Although actually, um, Bamba has researched uh, this before, and he actually discovered that Malaysia uh, had a large solar farm, and actually the the number of solar farms is growing in Malaysia. Right, there's one in Sepang and then there's the largest one in Malaysia that is in Kedah. But yeah. at the same time. Um, solar energy has its drawbacks, like what you mentioned as well. You know the even the materials needed to produce it is one, but mm. then that there's also a life. There's a lifespan on these panels for about twenty five years right. or so. When what do you do with these panels afterwards, right? That's also another form of waste. You so, can't uh, reuse those panels. You uh you can sort of decompose it for like other other things, but you can't reuse those same materials to make a panel again. You know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I understand as well so I mean essentially and the thing of a developing economy I feel that it needs to be as cost effective per capita which means it needs to be efficient enough in terms of driving the economy and producing more jobs it needs to be um, cost efficient in the sense that because there could be an argument when you are increasing renewable energy right that the cost of electricity in that country tends to go up Itself, Because the num- the number of resources putting into building these facilities is one thing, takes a toll on the economy, right? So naturally, the progression would be, okay, if you're going to be going to cleaner re- or more uh, renewable sources, then you have to charge more on electricity, which is going to be difficult in a developing economy like Malaysia. Right.
1: So but yeah. that statements would hold true even with the energy sources that we have right now, right? the cost of you know producing the energy would be the same, no?
2: I, I suppose it can be a lot higher for for some of for these sources especially like in terms of the mm. uh, spending to especially at the initial stages right and then because it's a new technology which you are introducing and at the same time also uh, you have like fluctuating availability like Sean mentioned with okay. solar power and so like at certain times there's more, at certain times there's less. So it, uh, broadly, yeah, when you switch to renewables, the the cost of energy does go up. Like if you look at places like Germany and, uh, and, France, and all, the, France, the cost of energy did go up as they okay. transition.
1: Is it only in the short term or just
2: constantly it's always going to be higher? I suppose a lot of it depends on how uh, the manufacturers bring the cost down okay. of yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, the equipment especially okay. yeah. yeah and Baba, you made the point about yeah, yeah natural gas right yeah natural gas
1: and uh, it's cheaper and
2: yeah, cleaner, so yeah 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 so natural gas is definitely like a lot it's a lot uh, cleaner than coal and and petroleum but i suppose that a lot of the green movement generally lumps in natural gas with other fossil fuels so because it's a fossil fuel uh, therefore it releases some greenhouse gases Therefore we shouldn't be looking at it at all But actually when you look at the The, the vast change right In terms of how much of this carbon dioxide And other greenhouse gases are put out mm-hmm. By natural gas power plants It's so much less than Coal and, and petroleum And I would think that in a developing country Like Malaysia And including other countries like China, India Where they, they their people, A lot of people are not even on the grid in India yeah you know and so they are looking to expand the energy output to suit the needs of their people they are consuming so much less energy than people in the West and if you have a cheap source which is a big step up in terms of uh, in the environment from what they have now then wouldn't that be a good first step at least in in developing countries I, I agree yeah mm. yeah agree. okay so uh, we, we've talked a lot about the, the the major sources of renewable energy in Malaysia, where we are going. Uh, now let's talk about what uh, Sean is
1: working on. So Sean, can you just tell us a bit about what you do? Okay, so... Um, well, I, I can't really say much and I can't really say that I'm actually working on it, but I've more of observed what goes on uh, mm. based on my uh, <laughs> half a year of work experience. Okay. Yeah. So okay, basically hi- hydrogen fuel cells yeah. that's the technology I'm talking about. And basically mm. there are people in Malaysia who are trying to develop it mm. and because it's, it is really good potential as a sort of replacement for batteries. So the thing about hi- okay, what a hydrogen fuel cell actually is is that it's sort of it takes in hydrogen and Redox reduction. Oxygen. Oxygen. It sort of separates the hydrogen into uh, electrons and ions. And without trying to get too complicated, it basically creates electricity. And the only other byproduct is heat and water. That's it. Water vapor. So immediately you can see why this is attractive. First of all, Mm. water vapor, that's the only byproduct. Amazing. Like, you don't have greenhouse gases at all. Nothing to worry about. No shadow bill. Exactly. <laughs> so, the great part about it is that H2O, which is water, it can actually... This, this is a by-product, yeah? So, H2 and O2 goes in, H2O comes out. I, I, I can't stress how amazing this is because, like, the H2O can be broken down again into H2 and O2, which then mm-hmm. goes back into the input
2: Mm.
1: it's like it's like it's producing it's it's producing energy and it's also producing its own fuel source exactly okay the only thing it's actually consuming is the catalyst required for this reaction Mm. and even then it's not consuming a lot of it Mm. yeah so why this is so uh, attract is this such an attractive replacement for batteries is because there's a it has great power density so, power density is sort of a measure of how much power you can produce mm. for one kilogram of mass of uh, whatever your power plant is. Mm. So, for batteries, um, for small small appliances such as your remote, uh, econ remote, it's fine to use batteries. And in fact, if you use a fuel cell for that, it just doesn't make sense. But as you scale the sizes up, what happens is that the power density of a fuel cell just knocks batteries out of the park. It doesn't make sense to use batteries anymore. So, like when you talk, when you look at applications like cars, for example, it just it's it's a bit weird to me that people are going towards the battery direction instead of the fuel cell direction.
2: Yeah, yeah. So maybe we can get into that. Like, uh, so hydrogen fuel cells. If I recall correctly, right? Like maybe say about ten years ago. Uh, a lot of people were talking about using hydrogen fuel cells in cars and you even had yeah. like stations set up at shell shell petrol stations used to have a, a fuel cell yeah uh, recharging or yeah. refilling boat and things like that. But now like as as Tesla has like exploded onto the scene and now you have a lot of Chinese manufacturers also mm-hmm. building electric cars, all of them uh, as you're saying, they're using lithium ion batteries, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think is like driving this move? Is there like some kind of complexity in terms of constructing these fuel cells that makes lithium-ion more attractive or...?
1: Yeah, I, I do really agree with that. I think there's, there is some complexity in constructing the power plants. But um, I don't see like... You know, this is something that they can overcome with enough research and... You know, they can make an electric car running on batteries. I'm sure they can make one running on fuel cells. Uh, what... I think it's the problem with Tesla is that uh, Elon Musk is going in the wrong direction. I agree, la. This guy Maybe? has been all over the map Maybe. in the
0: month of May, you know. Maybe.
1: <laughs>
2: Careful, okay. Elon Musk is his god. <laughs> that's, I that's why I
0: specifically in... <laughs> said May. Yeah. yeah so anyway, going, go <laughs>
1: uh, like I I feel Tesla is gonna run into a problem eventually because they're using so much so much batteries in their cars. And you need to keep mining lithium in order to make these batteries. Yeah. Eventually, going to come into a problem. Uh,
2: so, okay. So, what you what is the problem with mining lithium? Is lithium a very limited resource? And, like, is the process of mining it itself like very harmful? It's dangerous.
1: Mining lithium is dangerous. Mining lithium is dangerous. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's say you get past all the danger. It's still a finite resource. Ah, uh, okay. It, it's not, like, depleting, mm. but it, it is i think a quick google search can tell you like how it's rare yeah it's
2: It's quite rare yeah
1: Uh, and another thing with tesla is that uh, i'm not too sure how they work with uh solar power companies but an electric car is only as clean as how you generate your electricity right Mm. yeah yeah most of our electricity is generated through coal right Yeah. yeah yeah so i mean is it really clean energy Exactly. So it, it depends
2: on where you are using your car. Like if you're using it in Malaysia, it's not clean at yeah, all. You may right. even be having a worse impact than yeah. using a mm. a fossil fuel as your as your combustion. Mm. Yeah. So. Uh-huh. so. And uh, also, I know that these electric cars, right? They, be, as you say, they're stuffing batteries in everywhere. And I know that Teslas are really heavy cars. Yeah, like yeah. a lot of people comment on on. Tesla's being really heavy. So, what you're saying is, like, it doesn't scale up, right? So, yeah. now, I think Tesla is trying to produce a, a semi-truck. Yeah. A semi-truck, like a trailer yeah. a, a trailer truck. And do you think that it scales to that, that level? And, you know, if you're if you're talking about things even bigger than that, like, if you're talking about airplanes, like, is mm-hmm. it even within the realm of possibility that, that, you know, lithium-ion batteries could be used there? And uh, how does hydrogen... How is hydrogen fuel cell technology fitting into these, space, these, these spaces? Like not just talking okay. about cars, but... Yeah.
1: So in the case of it, uh Okay, to answer your first question with the semi-truck...
2: Yeah.
1: I'm, I... I don't think it's smart to use batteries. You could probably get away with it, but it's, I don't think it's smart and efficient design to use batteries. Um, I know the Cybertruck is still using batteries, right? It's, yeah. Nothing changed there. Yeah. But I think Elon Musk has admitted that, you know, for bigger stuff, fuel cells are a much better application, be- much better, more, right. more efficient. Right. Yeah. And uh, because cars are sort of on ground. Yeah. so you don't really have to worry that much about weight. Of course, it's still a factor, but, yeah. you know, compared to airplanes, mm-hmm. where every single gram of weight is important, Yeah. Mm, there's just no feasible way you can use batteries. <laughs> Yeah. on an airplane right now uh, at least a commercial size airplane yeah. yeah
2: right so so, do you think do you see any is there any development in the automotive field right where there, where there are new hydrogen fuel cell cars coming out or, are or it, yeah
0: or a car that is run on the internet
1: that is pretty cool
0: you think I, did, I, just so minds, right. I, I just blew your minds right I said I just blew your minds No
1: Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> What? <laughs> I have no idea <laughs> I digress <laughs> You realise there's, there's always A moment like this In all of the episodes Yeah <laughs> Exactly Short yeah. answer the question <laughs> Wait, What was the question <laughs> No no
2: okay uh, is, Are there any new cars coming up Which use
1: hydrogen fuel cells? Uh Hmm. I'm sure they are I'm sure they are but I think everyone is following the trying to chase the trail made by Tesla right now Right. Hmm. probably all going battery yeah I see, I see.
2: okay so uh, it's, it's useful in, in this kind of mobile context like to replace uh, the usual energy storage uh, solution which is these lithium-ion batteries uh, what about in terms of general use like uh uh energy production for households is there potential for hydrogen fuel cells in this area as well
1: yeah absolutely i i think so
2: it's efficient enough to to like replace some of our common fuel sources you would say yeah okay Mm. that's interesting so uh yeah uh teva do you have any other questions
0: about
1: yes i have a question um so I remember clearly um, Elon Musk saying something along the lines of when he when he introduced the Tesla Roadster, right? Hmm. Um, he was talking about how this car can be the fastest car in the world. by uh, I mean, a large-scale production car. It was going to be the fastest car in the world, right? And he also mentions that in this car, he would have batteries that are different. They are not the same as the battery. He predicted it to be, you know, an advancement in uh, the production of the ty- the way you make batteries mm. to be able to push the car to those limits. So is that true, or is that something he has retracted? Or oh, I, I've not been in that loop. I have no idea about that. <laughs> but as far as I know, there's there's not been anything revolutionary. There's no there's there has not been any advancements in the way we make batteries, lah yeah i mean there has been but like nothing nothing that extraordinary what okay
2: okay so but at the end of the day right if you're talking about batteries you're talking about fuel cells Mm. uh, is does the energy density which you mentioned does it approach what we have with
1: petroleum or is it still Mm. very far off good question hmm i think it does i think it's a it's a direct competitor for petroleum Okay, just just uh, what? Petroleum is much more accessible, right? Mm. And like there's like legacy infrastructure from yeah, like, mm. I don't know, hundred years yeah. ago, yeah. I guess. Okay,
0: you
1: know, the, the, it's, yeah, it's more accessible, therefore cheaper and right. right.
2: So that's the main roadblock right now. Yeah. Is the infrastructure right? Yeah. Yeah. And oh it actually.
0: Yeah. Oh no, actually, sorry. Uh, I was actually reading something about batteries. Right there's there's this startup. That is actually they produced a brain battery, something so to speak, right? So, in the case of conventional batteries, they, they have Im- implemented a brain which actually measures and controls the output of energy, and it's able to make it a lot more efficient. Is this something that do you know if in that's available in like Tesla cars? Did
1: You say brain I, brain battery?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. They call yeah. Is basically that's, right, uh, to improve efficiency, lah yeah
1: yeah yeah
0: wait that's damn cool
1: oh you mean like it changes ah uh, yeah oh shit Like I would assume because like I mean like... me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know <laughs> no but that's the thing right it's something that I would have assumed that uh, Tesla car would have done because I mean like in all cars there's somewhat of a computer in itself anyway right mm. so yeah, would yeah. this actually sort of is this something available in Tesla or is there something similar already would you have any idea hmm
1: Find out next week when we get Elon Musk on our podcast. <laughs> ah, yes. yes. <laughs> He's that. all over the map.
2: <laughs> 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 Alright, so I think that uh, unless you guys have uh, more questions uh, right now, like we've co- we've covered a lot of our bases here. Mm. Yeah. Uh, we have expanded our finite resource of Sean.
0: We have mined
2: Sean. <laughs> yeah, <his> so, <laughs> so, okay. So to close it off, the um, uh, we want to ask Sean to make the best case against what it is pushing on us, which is like, uh, uh, what is the best case against switching to renewable energy in Malaysia? Hmm. And, 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 and especially switching too fast. What would you say that the best case is?
1: The best case against is that we have too many other things to worry about. Um, and switching your primary source of energy... Is a huge deal. I think people are not ready for it. Mm. For example, like, if, if, if I'm a guy just trying to keep food on the table for my kids, I'm not going to care how my light switches on, you know, like, where it's getting its power from. Uh, unless you incentivize the community to make the change, then it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen
2: so the, the government needs to provide more incentives to, to get people to make it cheaper to switch to renewable energy basically right yes Yeah. cheaper yeah. that's and
1: the keyword
2: yeah I, I think that's a good point and like uh, in, in Malaysia now we have a scheme also with uh, TNB where if if you have a solar panel installation when it produces excess output you can sell the electricity sell the best, yeah. uh, mm. back to the grid basically but mm. I mean these are like very small scale projects and mm. it's not really uh, reached like wide use. But it, it's a very good point. Like when people are making ends meet, like they care that the light switches on and on yeah. rather than mm. <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah what when you have the resources
1: process. to even yeah. buy solar panels. Like. Yeah.
2: So I, I suppose as yeah. the technology becomes cheaper, right, mm. and yeah. especially as uh, both as it becomes cheaper and also as people become more as the country becomes more wealthy or more mm. comfortable then i suppose people have more time and more mm. uh, capacity to yeah. care about uh, mm-hmm. their environmental concerns right mm. so mm-hmm. yeah hopefully somewhere along the line yeah these two factors will converge to yeah yeah
1: to make this happen what? well i think there's a danger of of happening is that right now there are a lot of lots of people doing what we call carbon offsetting
2: okay, okay. yeah so
1: it's basically like, uh, let's say I take a flight from the UK to Sri Lanka. Uh, You know, I'm going to be contributing to a carbon footprint. So what I do is like, I'll pay some other company to go and plant some trees somewhere. (laughs) And that kind (laughs) of, so to say, like offsets my carbon. And I think that lots of these big companies are doing this. And they're just putting a label on themselves saying, oh, I'm carbon neutral, I'm carbon neutral. (laughs) And and the fact is, they're they're just doing this, you know. They they, they call themselves carbon neutral, but they're just paying some other company to... Or they're investing in some renewable energy source that we may or may not even see the benefits of. Right. And calling themselves carbon neutral. There's no way to validate
2: this so-called carbon (laughs) offset. Like, there's no metric to say that I've cancelled out my carbon...
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I, I feel it's like just a way to just clear your conscience. Like, yeah, please. to clear your conscience. <laughs> so rich people can just, yeah, you know, just pay bad. off yeah, carbon footprint. Of
0: course.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, so it's not just like people in poor countries which are polluting, like, it's, also <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's also like yeah. these residents to take all their long haul flights for their yeah. holidays and all that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take these long haul flights, come to a country and start begging. That's a different <laughs> <Yeah>. problem. <property. laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a whole other
0: issue like. Next week <laughs> Next week <laughs> uh, So I think I think we're pretty much done for now Yeah Does anyone have any like Closing comments or any Closing questions they'd like to say Or ask uh,
2: Yeah we should probably wish our Our audience uh, Selamat Hari Raya There we oh, go yeah. As we are
0: recording today On the 23rd of May We wish everyone Selamat Hari Raya Even though we'll be releasing it after After Raya Um, I'm sorry y'all can't uh, travel back to your loved ones back home But we still hope that you have a good holiday Wherever you are Yep Right?
2: Take care, stay
0: home, stay safe Sean, you want to sign off, Sean? Stay safe, guys Nice Wear a mask (laughs) (laughs) Alright Stay (laughs) home (laughs) Alright,
1: mom Alright, we can sign off there
0: Alright, take care, everybody Good night.
1: Take care. Good night.